Welcome into the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, Harrison and I are going to look at this Lakers roster in a way that I don't think has really been looked at quite yet in that purely from a standpoint of who was on the roster, how they fit on a basketball team, not in comparison to last year, not in comparison to the, to the championship team, just how does this team fit on a basketball court? And it's kind of interesting, Harrison, right? That we have like that, that conversation has just not taken place yet. Yeah, I mean, I think part of that is the way that free agency goes, and especially the way specifically this free agency went. I think there has been a tendency to have your analysis, I think, colored or blurred a little bit by, oh, like, I wanted this guy, or oh, I thought that this guy would have been a better fit. It's like, you know, even outside of all the Caruso stuff, which has become an online flame war and like a minefield in and of itself but like you know it's like oh like I, I wanted the heel trade like oh I wanted Patty Mills like I wanted this I wanted that I wanted that like but I think that a more I mean all that stuff is gone right you know barring some DeAndre Jordan level collapse of some negotiation somewhere or something like I mean this roster is mostly filled out 12 of the 15 spots probably not going to be huge difference makers coming in for the other spots so I think that yeah I mean I think that this was a really good idea by you to just like let's talk about this team not who we wanted not who we think should be there not who whatever let's talk about just this team and how it you know matches up with the league what we think of it overall as a basketball team it's an intriguing team and yeah. it's, it's intriguing on like on on a few levels one it's a weird team a little bit too in a lot of it ways it is it is it's it's a lot it's like it's an amoebic team you know what i mean like there there are a lot of guys who just kind of like slide all over the court there there's like combo guards all over the place there's like combo wings all over the place LeBron is is a a wing slash forward. AD is a forward slash center. Like everybody, just kind of, it's kind of this gumbo, <laughs> for for lack of a better term, a pot roast where it's just like everybody just kind of fits in this soup, and it's going to be really interesting to see how all of those ingredients actually come out at the end of the meal, and and, and then also too, it's very different from the teams that we have seen in the like actual LeBron James era, right? Because so LeBron shows up and he plays alongside the kids. And I think that was something like the the Lakers and LeBron were trying this experiment where they were going to try to like, see how that goes. And then eventually they were like, actually, no, we shouldn't just wait for these guys to develop. We're going to bring in Anthony Davis. It's like, oh yeah, like we have LeBron. We should probably put (laughs) other guys that like at least a couple other guys that are willing to win now around him. Right. Willing and capable, like willing and able so, like, I think so. In the LeBron AD era, it's been very defense forward, right? It's been mm-hmm. a very, it's a, it's been a very physical, athletic, punch you in the mouth and then run out in transition kind of team. And this is not that. Like, this is this is, it's an athletic team. You know, it's it's a it's a skill team. But at the end of the day, this is a very offense forward team. And I kind of wonder, you know, with with the way that this team is put together. And given the way that that basketball is kind of refereed, especially in the NBA, like we saw the NBA players complaining about FIBA physicality, right? Yeah, given the NBA the fact- is changing their rules because they, their players were getting roasted so hard in the Olympics. <laughs> FIBA referees are sitting there with their arms crossed, calling everybody soft, right? Like <laughs> Byron Scott <laughs> is actually just cloned himself to ref every single FIBA game. Right, Fee Byron Scott, right? Yeah. And so like... 
<laughs> and so like I think it's really interesting though with this with this Lakers team that they've basically said, you know what? We saw Brooklyn come within like half a shoe size of a finals berth. And if they win that series, they probably go on to beat the Phoenix Suns because Milwaukee beat Phoenix. And so the Lakers are saying, well, shoot, that team didn't have very many great defenders on it. So let's just see what happens if we defend enough. Like, see what we can do with the Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Frank Vogel kind of triumvirate of defense as the as the culture of defense. See if we can defend enough and then also bring in nothing but shooters, basically. And 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 look to shooters and extent, Russ. Shooters and Russ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but like it's you know, to a certain extent, I can't really complain all that much about the the you were, you were Mr. Guys. They need to get shooting the, the whole season, all <laughs> right. season, all off season. They, they finally did season. it. We joked, we joked last, last show that they were trying to yeah. kill you. Rob Plinka may actually like consider you his most trusted inv- advisor. Like Look, he, he I did may exactly or may not have, I've been, I've been getting a whole bunch of spam calls that like I had been sending to voicemail. And finally I answered one and it was Rob. And he was like, Hey man, what do we need? And I was like, shooting, I will sign literally every shooter from here on (laughs) (laughs) only guys that can shoot three pointers for you anthony literally my best friend and most influential podcast that i listen to so so basically if this doesn't go well you guys have me to blame i mean i would have anyway (laughs) (laughs) and so honestly so would have twitter like let's be honest twitter reddit like they're they're all lining up it's like the scene from airplane where everybody's slapping the nun um, all right, so so I want to get started on this, and I don't want to go position by position because, like we said earlier, I the positions are kind of amoebic, and so I, I just want to know, like, your general thoughts, having had now 48-ish hours to see this roster as it currently stands, and I'll go through it really quick before I let you go, too. Lakers right now have, uh, at point guard, air quotes point guard, uh, Russell Westbrook and Kendrick Nunn at quote unquote shooting guard. They have, well, Kent Bazemore is a legit shooting guard, but then they have yeah. Malik Monk and Taylor Horton Tucker, who are both kind of like they're, they're, they're shooting guards and point guard bodies. And then at small forward, you have LeBron Ariza. I could also and see Taylor getting some wing mi- minutes this year. Sorry to cut you off, yeah. but I could see no, like yeah. Taylor has enough size to theoretically play the wing. I could see them trying to develop that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know, about but anyway, size, this but like length, length and strength yeah. to play wingspan, wing. wingspan, yeah. not height. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then at power forward, you have like LeBron is going to get minutes at power forward. Carmelo Anthony is going to get minutes down there. Trevor Ariza played a lot more minutes at power forward than people kind of I think know. Ninety six percent. Yeah, and then and then Anthony Davis is going to want to play some power forward there too. So it's going to be a little cluttered. And then at center, you have Anthony Davis, Marcus Hall, and Dwight Howard. Uh, as of yet, as we are recording this right now, Andre Iguodala is using the Lakers and Brooklyn Nets uh, <laughs> as leverage to try to get anything more than the minimum from the Golden State Warriors. So we'll yeah, to see. get Joe Le- to get Joe Lacob <laughs> to pay up for like basically send exiling him to Memphis in the KD trade. <laughs> exactly. So so they're, they're, Iggy is 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 using the Lakers and Nets, and maybe he winds up going to either of those teams. Um, and then the Lakers are still, I think. Based on what Iggy does, that's what's going to make them decide on Wesley Matthews, and then eventually uh, Jared Dudley will be the um, the the wine 
uh, provider for the at the end of the bench. So that's the Lakers roster as it currently stands right now. As you see it, what do you think about it? I like it. Honestly, I, I think I like it a lot. And this is why I was excited to have this discussion, because I think in a vacuum, if we're not talking about who they could have had, who they, you know, would have, could have, should have, like, this is a good basketball team. Like, these are, there are a lot of good, I'm not going to get into the Hoopers versus basketball players conversation, but like, <laughs> there are a lot of good basketball players on this team. Yeah. And uh, I think it's more Hoopers than basketball players. I mean, they, they have both. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to get into the breakdown of who's which and whatever, <laughs> but like, I mean, you know, they have they have a lot of guys that you could theoretically talk yourself into being in the rotation, which, you know, yeah. is a good pro- – they're 12 guys deep right now. You know, like all of these guys that they currently have on the roster, you know, you could see – you could make a case for being in the every single game rotation, which is sort of – similar to last year in that we were like, oh, this is a really deep Lakers team. And it was just, it turned out like not in a good way. I think again, on paper at the risk of repeating last year's mistakes, like of evaluation, like I think that this is a really deep team. I think that there are, I'm curious to see, the lineups and where guys are on the floor and where they're playing sort of like you alluded to before. But I think that this is a team where, and I'm not the first person to say this. I've seen this going around on Twitter where it was almost like they looked at last year and they're like, okay, we're like first in defense basically all year, but we're like, you know, barely top 20 in offense. If they're top, they might've been a bottom 10 offense. And again, there were were injuries that there were injuries that contributed to that ranking and whatever, but they weren't even that great when they were, fully healthy and so I think that they were just kind of like all right no more clogged toilet like Frank we're giving you all the shooters in the world you figure it out and you get these guys to play defense and you know you have LeBron you have AD you got Dwight now uh who's like someone who can defend Mark can defend in certain lineup like there are guys on this team Baysmore that you know can defend Ariza is a little bit better than defender even at this point than I was giving him credit for so there are guys that should have some utility on that end, but it's certainly more skewed towards offense than I think any team of the LeBron era, honestly. And so I am, I think this team's going to score like crazy. And I think that they do have top 10 offense and defense potential, probably more so on the offense side. I, I top 10 defense. I'm not, I don't know. I mean, you're talking about, a third I'm, I'm not league, ruling out you know. a revenge season from AD and Vogel figuring some things out and yeah. schematically and like them kind of like, you know, duct taping their way to a top yeah. 10 defense. Well, it's not going to be the stifling, you know, units of the last couple of years, but they're, they're still going to be, I think pretty good on defense. If LeBron's still locked in on that end and those kind of things, they have enough. And then also like top 10 sounds a lot more impressive than it actually is. Especially in today's NBA. Yeah. <laughs> like top, top 10 is, is a third of the league. Yeah. And you're, 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 you know, very close to, but that's also, know, if you're top 10 in both, like that's theoretically like a mark of the, real contention. Yeah, that's true. I would also say, and, and the other thing that I'm really, really excited about heading into next season is that like, obviously Russ is going to have, he, he, he demands a certain number of minutes, a certain kind of role. Same goes for LeBron. Same goes for Anthony Davis. But beyond that, this is a really malleable roster. Like this is a very flexible roster. There is nobody who is heading into the season demanding a starting role, demanding a certain number of minutes. If if you, that we know of so far. Well, but like you look at it, like last year, last year you looked at that roster and you said because last year's roster, I. I I, and I didn't I don't want to necessarily get like kind of stuck in the mud talking about it like this. But 
Like, I think last year's roster is more talented. There were more individually talented players on that roster than this one. That said, I think this roster fits together a lot better in that, like, like there is no Dennis Schroeder who is demanding a role bigger than he's actually capable of filling. There is no Montrez Harrell. No, you replace that. You replace that with Russ, who is actually capable of filling the role Dennis Schroeder wanted. Like, right, right, yeah. right. And 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 you know, like when Andre when Andre Drummond showed up and was demanding to start and play yeah, twenty I guess, plus minutes, like you, we saw what that did. You know, where what kind of role he's playing next year, right? Where he's going to go and be a backup center to Joel Embiid, and and so like I just the I totem pole is more clear. Well, right on this in, team, in that, yeah, in yeah, in that in that like there, you know, and also it, there are going to be some nights that. Uh, none has it going. There are going to be nights that Malik Monk is is a freaking walking tire, <laughs> walking gas fire, who's just torching everybody in front of him. There are going to be nights where uh, Carmelo Anthony is really taking advantage of of uh, a smaller wing who he can body and take down into the mid post. Like, and and in all of these things, I, I think the only player who I'm 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 even sort of nervous getting a bigger role than maybe he deserves is Mello, but he plays at I'm a position. I'm excited, by the way, for the first like good Mello game, like one week into the season, where everyone's oh, yeah. like, oh, like Lakers four you. stars, like Olympic Mello back. Right, right. Well, it, but people like, forgot Mello was a bucket. Snort emojis. <laughs> right, right. Can you believe this guy's on the minimum? Uh, he's been on the minimum two years, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> but like Carmelo Anthony, like if he starts demanding a larger role, he plays power forward and he's going to be asking for minutes from LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Yeah. Which... LeBron's just going to catapult him back Probably. to Portland immediately. <laughs> you know, we saw him do it with Dwayne right. Wade, you know, like it's, it's right. like, all right, Melo, enjoy your time with the Knicks. Goodbye. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. And, and what do you think about the idea of, like going in a more offensive direction. Like the idea that, you know, cause you, you, we, we alluded to it already where, where we talked about like, all right, that's enough of a gummed up, gummed up offense that they've dealt with recently. But do you think, like, do you think they went too far in that direction? Do you think they went, I, it's hard to argue they, they didn't go far enough. Given, <laughs> given, <laughs> given yeah. Unless some between. guys seriously underperform <laughs> expectation, it would be very hard to argue. They did not go far enough. And right. Towards right. Offense. But do you think, do you think it's possible that is there a such thing as going too far in that direction? I don't think so because I think that when you make the trade for Russ, you have to go all in on offense. It, it's not, yeah. I just, it's so hard to find, like, if you wanted to have a defense first team with Russ on it, with this roster, then the guys that you'd need kind of as those three and D wing players to space the floor enough to make it work. Like those are not guys that are available on the mid level and minimum. You know what I mean? If you were going to mm-hmm. still have the same level of kind of stifling defense that the Lakers were going to have in that the Lakers have had in years past, you know, so you kind of had to go offense first because you have to create enough versatility and enough space for this offense to work. And I think that the Lakers did a good job of doing that. And again, all signs right now are pointing towards if AD is not going to start at center, he's, at least going to play the significant majority of his minutes uh-huh. there. Like I could see there Especially being nice season. Yeah. And I could see like during the regular season, 
why have him guard Jokic or like why have him guard Embiid? Like you start Gasol or Dwight in those matchups, whatever, who cares, you know? And you deal with the clogged toilet offense a little bit at that point, but you try to kind of hold them down and you save AD a little bit of pounding. Like, you know, maybe you end up losing the battle, but you hope that you're going to win the war. But for the most part, in most matchups, I would expect AD to play the vast majority of his minutes at center on this roster. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like if you have AD and you have LeBron at potentially like power forward or like, you know, kind of three, four combo with another kind of three, four combo in Ariza or Mello or whatever. And you have Russ, like all of a sudden you're starting to talk about a lot of space for these guys to get to the basket in, to kind of take advantage of their matchups, to isolate, to run some actions, to get some open threes for guys like your monks or your nuns or your Bazemores or Ariza or whoever, you know, and if those guys can punish the defense enough. And I think also this team's going to be able to play much faster because it's not a matter of so often in the past, it's like, oh, LeBron doesn't want to play fast. You know, on this roster, it doesn't really matter because if LeBron wants to hang back, you know, Russ is going to get them out in transition and run Mm -hmm. that break. And AD is going to get out and run the wings and things like that. Like, you know, if LeBron doesn't want to ignite the break. LeBron is kind of a terrifying concept. Exactly. LeBron does not have to lead the break on this team. I don't know that he, since Prime Wade, I don't think that he's, I guess Kyrie as well at times. Um, But he hasn't really had that when he's been with the Lakers, at least, Uh, unless Mm -hmm. you count Rondo and I don't. Um, in that specific area of the game. So I- I'm excited. I think this is an athletic team that still has a lot of strength to getting to the rim and now is going to have the space to either get there or to punish defenses when they play off of them. I, I think that this is going to be a really good offensive team. Absolutely. I also think like another thing that I'm, I'm, I, I like that the Lakers kind of focused on here is they have a lot of guys on the roster who, when the play breaks down, the ball rotates over to them and you're not saying, all right, you may as well get back on defense. You know, like this, that possession didn't go well. That's a, that's a, that's a lost possession. If the ball rotates over, I remember there would be times where the ball would rotate over to Coos and he would be asked to make a move in isolation. And you just be like, ah, good try Coos. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, now you have the guy that Coos was trying to be on those possessions, Mello, literally right. on the team that like right. he can do that sometimes, you know, he's probably mostly going to be a floor spacer, but like if guys are running him off the line, Mello can still, you know, he could do something, you know, I, I, it's right. not going to be a basket every time, but he can, he can make a play with the ball. Right. Well, and, and what I mean is, and Monk can do that, you know, none can do that. Yeah. In the in the right, that's what I mean is that there are there are several like there is never going to be a time where there aren't at least two or three guys where the ball rotates over to that player and you say that guy is flat out incapable of getting himself an open look. Yeah, right? there's like no that, Danny Green or KCP on this team where it's like if Caruso. you take more like than even, two dribbles, I swear even, I'm going to cut you. Like <laughs> right, right. Like as yeah. much as we love and I'm and and I I still do. Like I, I still think it was a mistake that they didn't but the ball rotate over. Oh, to God damn it, Anthony. We almost we made it 18 almost. minutes in. 18 you know what? minutes in. That's, That's longer than anyone would have expected you to yeah. make it. Honestly, I'm gonna give you credit. Okay. Yeah. So all right, but moving on. Just no more acknowledging. Even then, no, but it's like I'm I'm talking about it as if like this is one of his shortcomings. Like this is one of the things that if the ball rotated over to him, like you would just like, nah, eh, that's not your deal. You know, yeah, but and, Caruso's Caruso's a basketball player, you know, in that respect. Like the Lakers have right. some hoopers that could take advantage of that, right? And and I think where where that might actually really show its true value is in the postseason, where where over the course of a seven game series, teams figure themselves out or each other out, and and those sets that you were running, 
you get to the third option in that set and it still isn't quite working or it still doesn't open up the way that you would it, you would expect it to in the regular season or in the first few games of a, of a series in game six game seven the reason those games get lower and lower in terms of scoring is because the defenses have had multiple games to figure out everything that these offenses are trying to do against each other and it just kind of devolves into who can get themselves a shot who haven't who has enough guys who can go out there and take advantage of a mismatch or take advantage of somebody who is an equal defender to their offensive abilities and go out there and get them a clean look that they can go out and make. And I think with the Lakers here, what they have is they have a few guys now, especially in LeBron, Russ, and AD, who no matter what, the play breaks down and they're either going to get themselves an open look or somebody else an open look. And I think there's 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 real value in that 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 wasn't as present on previous rosters. There's a lot of guys that don't need to be spoon fed, like Malik yeah. Monk, just for example. So I, I was I'm writing up a story on him for when his signing becomes official, just to kind of break down what he's going to be bringing to the team. And the Lakers just have a lot of guys that don't need to be spoon fed. So he last year, you know, again, you and I both love KCP, probably the most valuable player, uh, or third most valuable player, not the most valuable player, most valuable third most valuable, most valuable role player of the title run. I think almost uh, like undisputed over the course yeah. of that run or whatever. But, you know, KCP was not a guy who could go get his own basket. In all of last year, he took 200, he had 218 baskets. Do you want to guess how many of them were, uh, were unassisted? 200 and how many? 218. Uh, 202 were assisted. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, you're honestly pretty close. Uh, so he had 24 unassisted baskets. Damn. All of last year. So you were pretty close. Uh, you know, Monk out of the 173 baskets he scored last year, or he was unassisted on 67 of them. He That's is nice. a much bouncier athlete. He's a guy that you cannot play him to just shoot the three because if you do that, he is at least going to be able to drive to the basket. And you know, they don't call him the god of dunk for. Uh, I mean, he only had actually, it was hilarious. One of his basketball reference nicknames is the God of Dunk. And it turns out that's just, I think it just rhymes with Monk and the Hornets. I was just going to say, just announcer. call him Malik Dunk. Like, what, what are we doing? Yeah, here? I mean, that would have been easier, right? But I mean, the, <laughs> look, I, not everyone can be perfect. The Hornets announcer is amazing. I was getting pumped up, like watching him, cut, listen to him call Malik Monk, like plays yeah. today when watching film for this. And, uh, but Malik Monk only had eight dunks all of last year, and, uh, <laughs> despite being the God of dunk. And that's because he's 6'3". Yeah. But, you know, he is a legit, like you can throw him a lob on a backdoor cut. I, I, can, I promise you there is never a scenario outside of maybe practice off a trampoline where you can throw KCP a lot, you know, it's just, that's not something that you could ever do for him. And like Malik Monk, you can actually do that for. And again, I don't think that it's going to be like the primary thing that he adds to this team, but he is an athlete and he is a guy who can both like the Lakers have had over the past couple of years, they've had guys that could either hit a three or could cut. And the Lakers now have a lot of guys who can do both of those things. And that does help you in terms of like, that's going to make the offense and that's going to make Frank Vogel look smarter on offense because mm -hmm. it's like all of a sudden these counters, like you could tell guys to counter and it wasn't going to work because they sucked at this one other thing that they were supposed to do. So why do it? Now they ha actually have some versatility here where I think that they can attack some things. Yeah. All right. I want to do a couple exercises here before we, uh, before we call it a show. These shows, by the way, they're going to be a little shorter 
in terms of editorializing here because we got to get in and out before the show becomes completely irrelevant because of some developing news. Like the uh, buddy so- heel trait. <laughs> like when the buddy heel trade breaks, this whole podcast is going to be obsolete. Who do you think held on to what longer and harder? Lakers fans to the buddy heel trade or Jack to Rose's arm? I'm I'm never giving up the buddy heel trade. I I mean people <laughs> hey, can't see Rose this never gave Jack up even as she was pushing him down into the bottom of the She's Atlantic. like goodbye, get off. There's not enough room. <laughs> Uh, I'll never yeah, let mean, go. People, I'll never let go. Get off my arm. I'll never let go. People can't see this, but in Squadcast, I am listed as Healed Trade Truther. And, uh, <laughs> you know, as my username, and, you know, I'm never giving it up. Like, if Buddy Healed sits out a game at some point for the Kings this year, I'm going to be like, oh, he's in the trade. It's finally happening. I'm never, I'm never stopping. Buddy Healed is, in my mind, a secret Laker until you can yeah. prove otherwise. He will like be it. playing in a game for the Kings, and I'm still going to believe that he's on the way. Yep. All right. Like I, next I, week when he doesn't play for the Kings in summer league, I'm going to be like, Oh, nobody, nobody healed on the active roster. Is that a sign that a trade's coming? See, you need to go out to Vegas and see who he's walking around Vegas with. Well, no, I mean, I was joking with someone the other day that like when he, you know, when De'Aaron Fox and some of the other Kings show up to summer league and buddy's not there again, is buddy healed in the trade. Is he on his way to the Lakers? Is it because he's, <laughs> he's busy meeting with Rob Palenka finalizing the deal. He's going to retire. To force his way to the Lakers. I think if the Lakers win a title this year, they have to give Buddy Heald a ring. Like, he's an honorary. <laughs> he's an honorary Laker at this point. No, I mean, out, out of. Out, sorry, you you had a question that you wanted to ask me. Oh, well, the exercise that we are going to do yeah. is is uh, a couple lineups here. So we, we, we've okay. isolated down to a couple lineups here that we're looking forward to. So one, let's start with closing lineup. Which okay. lineup of as it's currently put together, which lineup do you think is most likely their their most often used closing lineup? So this was the hardest one for me just because I feel like so often over the last couple of years, our brains have been framed around like who can defend the best and that's who's going to be in the closing lineup. But I don't know that that's how this team is going to be able to approach things. I think it's going to be about trying to find the exact right mix to have enough spacing to score, but also to, you know, still have defenders out there. So I went with LeBron, AD, Russ. That's not going to surprise anyone. I think uh, all those guys are closing. Uh, They're probably in your lineup up to uh, and I okay. went with <laughs> I, I went with Kent Bazemore and Trevor Ariza but Ariza was the one that I deliberated on and was like I could see Monk ending up in there I could see none ending up in there some other offensive guy to try and especially Monk who is kind of a floor spacer unto himself I, I think could be a good fit there, but I went Ariza just because I feel like that gives you just the right amount of switchability on defense. And if those guys are hitting their shots, I think you can get by with that. If the Lakers were able to get by the last couple of years, I think you can get by with that if AD's playing the five. Yeah, mine's similar. I just swapped out Ellington for for uh, Bazemore. You know, I, I, I have Bazemore. Right. No, no, I mean, I mean, uh, I swapped <laughs> out. So I took out Bazemore and I inserted uh, Ellington. But it's it's a similar theory, right? Yeah. Somebody out there who's who's going to space the floor. And I was debating between Ellington and Bazemore. I decided with Ellington. I, I decided on Ellington because he's the better shooter. And then I also have Ariza out there. But I, I and 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 I think at the end of the day too, like what needs to be hammered home here is this is not going to be an every night closing lineup. Like I think this is going to be 
This is going to largely depend on who has it going, who is even available. Like, this is such an old team that we're going to get a lot of, like, a lot of resting nights from yeah. a- across the roster. So that's going to no, play they a big need role. To, they definitely need to sign at least two more guys. I know I know they have the two-way guys, but, you know, luxury taxes be dead. Like, they cannot go into the season with, you know, only 13 guys. Like, they need yeah. to sign at least 14. I get leaving a roster spot open now that you waive McKinney, so you don't have that cushion of the non-guaranteed guy that you can waive later. So I, I get leaving the 15th spot open for a buyout guy. But, yeah, I mean, they, they need to sign two more players, you know, just right. to have some insurance to go with the two-way guys who will, I think, play. Yeah. And and then and then so because like the other thing, too, is if LeBron is available or not available, you have a different selection of guys like there's a different skill set that you need to replace in that closing lineup that night. If Anthony Davis isn't available, right, you're going to have Dwight out there probably. Yeah. Or Mark out there. And that's a different collection of guys that you have to have around that player. Same thing with Russ. Mm -hmm. Right. If, If Russ isn't available, then THT is probably in that lineup. And you need to surround THT with something different, right? So yeah, or so, like going back to the marker Dwight thing. Like if it's if it's Dwight, you need to probably skew more offense because right. you know he is a guy He's that a does not player. space the floor, has no versatility offensively. Whereas Mark is, you know, if you go him, then maybe you skew a little more defense just to have some extra rim protection and things yeah, like that. Exactly. So so closing lineup, like there's a reason why, and 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 I think this is. I hope I I hope people listening have picked up on this trend. This is a very malleable offense. Like this is a very malleable roster where on any given night it might be it might be mellow in that last in that last night. Like if on a night that LeBron isn't isn't available, I'm sure we'll see Mello out there. No, Mello, night- there's definitely gonna be a point where Mello's like he's like, Hey, Bron, just take a rest tonight. I got this. And right. he scores like, you know, like sixteen points on sixteen shots. But and, yeah. And by the way, like if you're gonna have Mello in a closing lineup you would want to surround him with LeBron and with Anthony Davis. Like they make up for a lot of the things that, that Mello doesn't bring. Right. So, so they're going to be Blazers fans are going to be so mad when Mello is not a tire fire defensively on a team that doesn't have like two five foot guards as the main (laughs) thing, you know, like (laughs) it's been funny during the Olympics. What the hell he's trying now. (laughs) It's been really funny. To 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 see on Twitter people realizing during the Olympics, man, Dame really kind of sucks on defense. Yeah, what is that? it's like what have you been watching? <laughs> he only looks better on on Portland because CJ McCollum is the only guard who is almost as bad as yeah, he Dame. Is. Yeah, they're like Portland low key assembled a team of other guys for defenses to pick on just so that Dame would look just less so, bad. Right, right. So he's like so, I yeah. cannot be the worst defender on the floor, Neil. You need to put at least one like that's why they're holding on to McCollum. Right. Well, and 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 also like it doesn't move. matter what Dame tells Neil to do. Neil's just going to do Neil. Yeah, that's um, true. He probably right. like values CJ's opinion more. <laughs> <laughs> no, the only the only opinion he values is the mirror that sits in his bathroom. All right, so That's the last fair. one here yeah. is uh is the 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 intrigue the, the lineup that most intrigues you. So you can get a little creative here, you can have a little bit of fun. Is there a group here that that most intrigues you? 
So I thought about trying to figure assemble my LeBron plus bench unit, but I actually decided that I'm more intrigued by the non-LeBron units. Like, I, I want to see what those... I, I'm very curious to see if this is finally the year that the Le, that a LeBron team can have a good lineup while he is not on the floor. Because throughout his career, that has almost never happened. And I think this might finally be the year where it can go. So I went with AD, Russ, Mellow, Monk, and none. Like AD and and like just all the bucket getters, basically. Just, yeah. you know, space the floor, hope AD can clean enough of it up and like try and get, you know, get enough enough help from the other guys that, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, just space the floor around him, let him go to work, let Russ get to the basket, you know, let Mello get a post-up touch or two, you know, something like that. You know, I, I think like if Mello is going to play, it has to be with AD out there. Like, I, I just yeah. don't know that you could play Mello without Dwight. AD out there. To, I, I guess maybe Dwight, but even Dwight is... I don't think like quite that level anymore. Defender anymore. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, he, he's certainly their second best rim protector, but I, I think, uh, <laughs> I would only prefer. Three. Yeah. <laughs> Unless. <laughs> I mean, Mark, who's fourth Mark. Wait, so who do you, Oh, I got, do you LeBron, have LeBron? I got LeBron third. Yeah. <laughs> like LeBron on the chase down block. I'm sorry. It's more dangerous. Like then Mark. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. All right. Fair point. <laughs> yeah who, who right. is uh who is your most intrigued by lineup so i and this I is not in... me being a lebron hater before anyone says no, no, that no, no. i'm just, like i i want to see a good non-lebron lineup like let me let me have this well i mean to a certain extent this roster was kind of put together in a way with the goal in mind of hey let's try to not be a complete nuclear disaster when LeBron sits down or if LeBron isn't available. So I think it's really, it's really, it's a good call. On Let's your make part LeBron to, not um, want to kill the person who subs into the game for him. You know, right, like right. It's, or, it's a bold strategy. <laughs> Let's make it so that LeBron isn't over there drinking wine on the bench because <laughs> God, this is so depressing. Like, I oh, sat God, down I'm with so tired. I'm going to have to go back in in two minutes. These guys, they just can't <laughs> score. All right. So I went like there are five Jared Dudley's out there. <laughs> All right, so uh, my uh, the lineup that I'm most intrigued by is the I think it's the lineup that the Lakers hope works the the most, right? This is the lineup that the Lakers are the most invested in working. So I have Russell Westbrook, Taylor Horton Tucker, LeBron Mello, and AD. And um, yeah, I'm 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 curious about it. So I don't think there's enough shooting because. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker isn't that kind of a shooter. I know. There well, if the rims spin around, Taylor might be good enough Maybe. at this yeah. point because he's been training all off season. So, 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 so I, I look at this as like a. Again, I don't. I, I have serious questions about the way these guys all fit. But if it works, the Lakers would be the most delighted about this combination working than any other combination across the roster because you have. The quote unquote big four, right? I did air quotes with four. <laughs> I, did, I, did, <laughs> I don't know why I did that. I just did air quotes with four fingers on each hand. Uh, yeah. But your 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 quote unquote big four, and then and then Taylor Horton Tucker is somebody who the Lakers like. I can't. I don't think I can. I can exaggerate this. I don't think I can when I say this is the most invested into a young player they've been in since like Lonzo. You know, like they, this is, they, they have the most chips pushed into the middle 
on Taylor Horton Tucker than they've had in a long time on a young player. Uh, they just gave him a, a, a three-year, $32 million deal. Uh, they held on to him instead of trading for Kyle Lowry. They held on to him instead of uh, bringing back Caruso. So like the Lakers have a lot invested in this guy. And I think if you surround him with the big, the quote unquote big four and, and it works out, then, then I think the Lakers would be thrilled with that working out. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you're not wrong. I, I, I don't know if that lineup will work because no. I don't know if it's good no, enough offensively it or defensively. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm, I know that they would certainly, yeah. I know that they would certainly love that lineup. And, uh, you know, if, if it were to work. Here's my prediction. That group closes game one. <laughs> I don't that, I don't think so. I don't, I, I'm, I, I'm predicting I, it right now. Write it down. Frank Vogel will listening. resign. Like, I don't. He's, he's. He's not getting an extension. So it's not like the Lakers would. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not quite there yet. But I mean, are there any other guys that we didn't talk about that much that you had thoughts on? Like, I feel like we haven't talked about Kent Bazemore enough. I feel like he is one of the keys kind of weirdly to all this mm-hmm. working because he should be. But I think other than LeBron and AD, he's like probably by the analytics is like the best defender, you know, of this group or this, at least the switchiest and rangiest. Like, well, he, also he, in terms of like maybe Ariza shooting, in, in, sh- yeah. in terms of shooting guards. Right. In terms of guys yeah. who can play Certainly the shooting in terms guard of guards, position. Yeah. Yeah. Like he he's the only actual he's shooting a- guard size person that plays that position then on the Lakers he's, roster. He is he who will not be named, you know, replacement, essentially. <laughs> Who's that? I, I don't know. Are we playing the Byron game with uh with we should. Do you, do you think we should do that? We should. We should. But no, honestly, fine for Alex Caruso. That's what the fine is for, I think, because otherwise you're going to complain about this all year. I think we need to institute the fine system for yeah. Alex Caruso. Oh, Alex Caruso complaints. Yeah. I mean, like if he has a good game when the Lakers play the book, like, you know, like if we just mention Alex Caruso in passing, but like if you mention, oh man, Alex Caruso really would help this roster at any point, I, I think it's the fine system. All right, we gotta, we'll have to come up with a fine. It's not a tweet a from each other's account. That's like too punitive now that we have like actual followings. Like, <laughs> but we can't, we I mean, can't do it anymore. We still, you still haven't had a player who you really like block you on Twitter because of a tweet that I sent for you. I, I mean, Lou Williams blocked SSR, and I really like Lou. Um, I don't know <laughs> who sent what that got him to block them, but I mean, in his defense, like he never gets to play defense, so like that, you know, <laughs> shouts. To- He's going to block us again. Like, <laughs> all right, we'll figure out what the fine is going to be. Um, I, I am tweet Anthony, your suggestions on a scale of <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's like the right thing to do. Right. Cause I'm in charge of pods. So you are in charge of the pod. So I'm yeah. just, I'm delegating. All right. All right. So <laughs> you're delegating to somebody who like, you <laughs> You're not my boss. You're I know, but that's a, that's like a, it's separation of church and state. That's a that's a church matter. All right, and you're the state. All right, yeah, um, fascist. In fact, good old fascist Fagan. <laughs> All right, <laughs> um, I, I on a scale of of one to ten, how excited are you about this roster? Ten being the most exciting. Excited, uh, honestly. 
honestly, it's like a nine just because this is so different than what we've seen the last mm-hmm. couple of years that I, I'm I'm more basketball curious about this team than I have been, I guess, since maybe the, you know, like the, the halcyon days of the meme team. I mean, even the championship team, we kind of knew how that team was going to fit together. Like it was pretty clear who was going to play where and who was going to do what and all of that. Like yeah. that was very obvious after the AD trade. And like last summer, you know, again, it was, I feel like that was a team where you pretty much knew what most guys' roles were going to be other than Dennis, I guess, was like somewhat of a surprise, at least from when he was first brought in. Mm -hmm. Um, But this year, I I mean, I genuinely, beyond the three stars, I don't know who's starting on this team. I don't know who's playing what bench role. You know, like, I don't know what the offense is going to look like. I don't know what, how they're going to figure it out defensively. Like, I am, I'm extremely excited just to watch this team. I think they're going to be a fascinating basketball experiment of you know just it's kind of it's a weird puzzle that they're gonna have to figure out how to fit together like I think the picture could be really good but they just have to figure out how to get there I think this is going to be a really good team I think they're it's probably the best team in the west I don't know that it's like that close now that you know I think uh the Clippers are gonna have to punt the year and I I think Phoenix is due for a regression and you know all the Jazz are frauds and you know I mean maybe the Warriors are gonna I guess compete for that maybe but I mean, I feel like this is the best roster in the West. I think I would agree. It's a down. West I think year. the Nets are the title yeah. favorites, but I think yeah. the Lakers are the Western Conference ones. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would probably bet. I would most comfortably bet the Lakers to come out of the West than any of the other teams. I would. I'll grant you that. I don't know if. I don't. I. I would probably say so. It's. It's one thing to say excited versus curiosity. I am extremely curious about this team for sure. I am like for all of the reasons that you're talking about, I am extremely curious about what this team is going to look like. I am excited to a certain extent because we have been waiting for LeBron surrounded by shooting since he came to the Lakers. Right. So like that's, that's really exciting from, from an offensive side of the basketball kind of thing. Um, you know what? I think I'm with you there at a nine. I think you talked me into a nine as well. Like as far as as far as how how much I'm looking forward to watching this team actually come together. Now, I don't think it's as good as like the championship roster. I don't think it's as talented as last year's roster, but it might be a better team than last year. It might be it might not be as talented a team, but I think it'll be a better I think it team certainly fits than better last together yeah. than last year's roster. Right, right. So it's at it's least on curious. paper. Yeah. It's yeah. you know. Um, and, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm glad we talked about this team in this way because, you know, I think one of the things that's really frustrating in, in sports coverage, sports analysis is like players get looked at or scrutinized more heavily for what they cannot do versus the things that they actually bring to the table. And I think here with the Lakers so far, because of the circumstances, and I'm guilty of it too, right? Like, Well, I was going to say, do you know how of... many tweets I've gotten? Not even complaining about my Caruso. T- I've gotten a ton of those, which is yeah. fine. I'll take it. I've had people tweeting at me complaining that you are too negative. Like as if I, I mean, number one, I'm not Anthony's boss. Like we are lateral yeah, employees at are. the company. Like I have no <laughs> yeah. say in his hire. And so, yeah. you know, like I, you know. I can't stop him even if I wanted to. I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, like the amount, <laughs> I haven't listened to the lowdown because I've been too busy. The amount of bitching you must have done over the last three days, I swear. Like I'm surprised that like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. People, not, people are mad at me for you. You can't be surprised. I'm not, yeah, I'm not surprised. I, I'm just, people are mad at me for you. So I figured it out. I, 
if I figured out what I think the good nominee for the fine is. Can't tweet for a day if you mention it. Like, you can't tweet. I can't tweet. You know, like, if one of us complains about, and I'm saying no, it now because this doesn't count. No, that gets in the way of actual work. Like, that no, gets no, no, no. No, it doesn't. Twitter doesn't lead to that. You can survive without, you would have to, you're not allowed to tweet for a one calendar day. All right. Fine. Deal. No matter what. No matter unless, what, unless, not even unless a listener thinks of of a better of a better fine. Yeah, and like, la- but that's the lead. Tell us what you, tweet Anthony what you think about that. <laughs> no, make sure you send your tweets all to at Laker Film Room. And <laughs> <laughs> he can't. He literally is not allowed to talk about any players right now. He probably could use the project. Like <laughs> I just pictured, like. Pete's hands just. Can you imagine if he just started his, his reaction? If he just started getting a bunch of tweets about our podcast, <laughs> I think he'd block me. I think he'd go Lou Williams. Do it. I want. I no, want all not, of you guys please. listening. All of you guys listening. I want you to do it. All right, that's going to do it for this episode and this week's episodes of the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. Again, shouts to everybody. This has been the biggest week in Silver Screen and Roll podcast feed history by a lot. So shouts to everybody for all of the uh, all of the new listens and all of the support. Uh, I really, really appreciate that. So thank you guys for all of that. Thank you, everybody, for 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 all of the work that everybody put in this week. It's been a crazy-ass week. Um, and, and yeah, we're going to pick right back up next week because it doesn't look like there's uh, any end in sight to free, if free agency discussions. Until then, I'm Anthony Irwin. That's Harrison Fagan. The lounge is closed. At least in, in, you know, to anybody else other than Harrison and I. Yeah, last call. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> Harrison and I are just going to start drinking right now.